Welcome to the Wild and Well podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Hilary Clare, a clinical psychologist, holistic parenting mentor with a focus on nutrition and environmental medicine, a yogi, author, and mom of two wild boys. Here, we will delve into the big and the little things that move the needle for children's health and mental wellness in a modern world that doesn't always make it easy to do so. Together, we can nurture resilient kids, vibrant mothers, and a brighter future for the planet and the next generation. Let's get into it. Today, I am chatting with naturopath Emma Collar all about how we as mothers can take true care of ourselves while we provide the best care we can for our little ones. Emma, who is better known as Emma the naturopath, is living out her childhood dream of being a naturopath and nutritionist. She predominantly works with, in her words, hot mess mamas and their kids and bubs. Her practice is based on the Coffs Coast in New South Wales, Australia, but she also sees clients online. Emma was the naturopath that I worked with during my early postpartum years. She was an incredible support in my wellness journey as I struggled with postnatal depletion and postpartum thyroiditis. I was definitely one hot mess mama. This is something that I write about in depth in my book, Nourished Mama. I am beyond grateful for Emma's warmth, her knowledge, and nurturing herbal tonics. And I'm so excited to have her here on the podcast today. So enjoy this podcast. Welcome, Emma. Thank you so much for coming here to talk to us all about how we can support our kids and take care of ourselves alongside our children. But before we begin, can you tell us one thing that you have done today to take care of yourself or nourish yourself? Definitely going for a walk in the rain. So after I dropped Edie, my seven-year-old at the bus, I thought, oh, maybe I'll just go home and do some emails or maybe I should go to the gym and go for a walk on the treadmill. But I was just like, nope, putting on a rain jacket, umbrella, podcast, and just went for a walk around um, Moonee, where I live. And it was so nourishing and beautiful to walk by the beach and the creek and then And then ended up talking to my girlfriend on the phone for an hour. So halfway through the walk. So I'm feeling very loved up today. That's one of my favorite ways to start the day with a walk and either a podcast or a conversation with a good friend. That's just amazing. Yeah, it was beautiful. How did you start your day? My day today looked a little bit different. One of my kids wasn't feeling so well. So just lots and lots of cuddles this morning and yeah, a bit of a a slower morning, which was nice. It was nice to have that, but often I do get out for walks in the morning, but that didn't happen today. Cuddle sounds nice too. Yeah. They're so, so good when, when they're so cuddly. (laughs) So I guess to begin, I'd like to also ask you, like, can you share a little bit about you and what you do? And just so the listeners can get a sense of, um, yeah, the work you do and who you work with. Yeah, yeah, sure. So my name's Emma Keller. I'm 37. I live in Moonee, which is just north of Coffs Harbour. And I have been a naturopath for, I think about, oh, and nutritionist for about 13 years. Um, I have a clinic from my home and I could pretty much put a sign out the front saying the hot mess clinic. 
because I love seeing hot messes. And by hot messes, I mean, you know, I'm always getting emails from women who need a coffee first thing to get their day going. And then they're trying to get their kids out the door and it's all frantic and they forget to eat breakfast and they don't pack themselves lunches, even though they pack their kids lunch. And then it's, you know, it's on. It's like they've either got little kids they're looking after, so swimming lessons, et cetera, or maybe they're studying as well, or maybe they're working full time. And I have a lot of women who do all three as well. So it's like, go, go, go all day, rush to parent pick up in the afternoon, after school activities, um, you know, trying to scramble dinner together, bed, bath, dinner routine. And then it's often, you know, wine and Netflix and snacks. And then maybe crashing out as soon as they get to bed and then waking up at 2 a.m. just pinging on cortisol. And then the cycle starts again. So I just love seeing those clients. Like, you know, I've been there myself, so I, I can I can understand. And it's it's nice to sit down with them and just sort of press pause so that because I mean, how often do, as women and as mothers do we get to sit down for an hour or an hour and a half and just reflect on where we're at? And it's often not until we're doing that in the presence of someone else that we're like, oh, right, maybe that's not a great habit or I've been having this symptom for a long time or, or whatever. I'm not looking after myself. So there's often a lot of big realisations in the clinic and, and at uni, actually, my clinic supervisor used to call me the onion because I can make anyone cry, <laughs> not on purpose. But, you know, as soon as my beautiful hot mess mamas sit down, they just kind of burst into tears and often realise how they've just put themselves so far on the back burner, particularly from after having kids. And it's so, so beautiful to kind of, yeah, witness that and just hold space for them and, um, yeah, help them discover themselves again. So I love the hot messes and I love the hot messes children and babies as well because there's something special about treating children I just really connect with and and you know as a mama we would just do anything for our children so so often the children come in first with their parents and then the mum is like well I think I need to see myself too so yeah that's kind of the beautiful way my clinic progresses which is really special yeah yeah you do incredible work and I was my own version of a hot mess when I was in the early days of motherhood. And you're one of the really key supports in, in my journey through that. So I really value the work you do. And I knew before I worked with you that I'd seen you around town and I just knew that this was the natural path for me at that point in my life. So yeah, I knew one day I would be working with you and getting to know you. So it was it was incredible to get your support. And I really, really highly value what you do. Thank you. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. So what drew you to naturopathy and um, nutrition in the beginning? Yeah, so when I was five, I was having nightmares and my parents took me to a naturopath and she made me up flower essences, which is what I prescribe in my clinic. Uh, it's just a key pivotal um, modality that I pretty much give to everyone. 
so yeah, you know, the flower essences worked beautifully. And from that moment on, I was like, I'm going to be a naturopath. So I remember being in U1 at Sandy Beach Primary School, which is just five minutes up the road from me. And we were all, you know, innocently sitting in a circle on the floor. And the teacher was like, now, what are we going to be when we grow up? And, you know, we went around the circle and, you know, there's answers like, I'm going to be a princess and I'm going to be a fireman and I'm going to be a, you know, doctor. And when it got to me, I was like, I'm going to be a naturopath. And they were like, what? Um, so I hope those other kids went on to be firemen and princesses, who knows? Um, but yeah, and from that moment forward, I mean, at various stages along my life journey, I have seen a naturopath when I'm just feeling not quite myself or overwhelmed. And sometimes I don't even realize I'm not quite myself, you know? Um, so I just thought, you know, if I can do that for someone, like that is the most such a special special gift to bring someone back home to themselves so that was the naturopath side and then I would have to say the nutrition side probably didn't really start even till I was maybe even about 24 when or 21 when I realized that I saw a naturopath and I stopped eating gluten and processed foods and all of a sudden I just had this magical source of energy, which was in me all along. But I, my whole entire life, I just thought, oh, I'm just a tired person. You know, I, I just don't concentrate very well, whatever. But then, yeah, just the key to eating good food and actually learning the link between great food and the way our body functions. Like I honestly had never put two and two together and my dad is Italian, so I grew up eating pasta and bread and gnocchi and crostoli and all those beautiful gluten-rich foods. So, um, yeah, I love teaching people how to nourish themselves from food because we have to eat anyway, so you may as well just eat something good. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? It can be that simple. That's that's such a good story. I think most of the kids in your class probably had no idea what a naturopath was. <laughs> even at that time, the teachers may not have even no. known, right? Not till like 10 years. I remember studying and people were like, oh, what's a naturopath? But now everyone's like, you know, I work in a health food store one day a week and people are like, are you a naturopath? You know, like it's just this awareness that's kind of um, evolved, which I really, really love because I think people are so much more aware of their health these days, especially to, yeah, 10 years ago. We didn't even know what kale or quinoa was or chia seeds when I was at uni or green smoothies. and yeah, there was no Instagram. So we've come a long way. Yeah, we really have. We, there's so much yeah. more knowledge out there and more research that's accessible as well. And even those traditional yeah. um, medicines and those traditional ways of eating are seeming to gain a lot more like um, traction nowadays as well. My naturopath friends and I just have a little chuckle to ourselves because the hot thing at the moment is ashwagandha, which is withania, which is been around for thousands and thousands of years but everyone's like oh my gosh have you heard about this ashwagandha um people like flooding to the health food store and um but I love it you know like people are just having fun with it and they're open to things so how good is that yeah yeah it's really exciting to see all that coming into just the mainstream now right yeah influences all over it 
So when we think about mothers, there's so many messages out there for us to prioritize ourselves and engage in self-care. And oftentimes moms push themselves down their priority list while they do take care of everybody else. Even though there is this message, you got to take care of yourself, self-care, do your nails, all these things. Why do you think it is so important for mothers to really take care of themselves? And how do their kids benefit from this? Because I think mothers need buy-in. They need to know why they're doing it. And I, that message often isn't there. It's just, oh, take care of yourself, have that quick little bath or go get your nails done or do this. But if we know the impact it has on us and those we care about, mainly our children, I think we'll stick with those true self-care things more often. So yeah, why do you think it's so important and how does it benefit our children? You know what? I'm really even like over the term self-care. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so, I mean, it's so mainstream, which is great, but just like you say, you know, you imagine like getting a facial or, you know, once a month for an hour and spending money or those kind of luxury things. But yeah, it needs to be self-care. We'll just call it that today. Um, needs to be sustainable. And I lately have even been referring it, referring to it as play. Like, I know Brene Brown speaks about how important play is in our day-to-day lives. And so I'll often say to mothers, you know, women's, what do you do for fun? Like, what are your hobbies? What are your interests? And I think that's more self-care than getting your nails done, of course, because I love the idea for myself as a mother that my daughter is learning how to take care of herself by watching me. You know, like I can say, do this, do that. But she is just such a little monkey see, monkey do. Like she will, I often wear my shirt kind of out if it's quite long and I tie it in in a knot in the side. And I've noticed she's starting doing this. And I'm like, okay, this is, they just, they're little sponges really, aren't they? So I want, I think it's so important for mothers to do this self-care so they can see strong, incredible women coming through. And that's going to teach them to be that way too you know they're going to see that their mothers aren't just taxis and chefs and and yes they do you know nurture everyone in the household but they've got friends of their own or they go away for the weekend or they you know whatever it is they make beautiful food for themselves and they dance around the house and they have fun like that is what I am so proud that my daughter sees growing up, you know, like, yeah, that's why it's so important because our children are such an extension of ourselves. There's just this invisible umbilical cord, which I feel is there forever connecting us. And the first time I learned about that was when my daughter was six months old, she did not sleep and, you know, heads up, she did not sleep till she was five years old. That's a whole other that's a whole other story, but um, I remember taking her to a homeopath when she was six months old saying, I need to sleep. I'm going absolutely nuts. Um, how can we fix her? Like, it was always like, how do we fix her? And, you know, I had this huge talk to the homeopath about conscious parenting and gentle parenting and um, being intuitive and self-care, and et cetera, et cetera. And once again, that was me probably for the first time in six months sitting down for an hour and a half talking about my feelings about motherhood, not just what nappies do you use, et cetera, et cetera. 
And anyway, at the end of the consult, the homeopath said, look, I'm kind of tossing up between these two remedies. I'm not really sure yet. Um, are you happy to come back tomorrow and pick them up? And I was like, yeah, that's fine. That night, without taking any remedies for the first time in Edie's life, she slept through the night. And there was no magical cure, no magical pill. It was just me venting, bringing a bit more energy back to myself, reprioritizing myself, letting all that shit go. And look what that beautiful ripple effect had. So by being able to reflect on yourself, that is where um, the true self-care comes in because when children come in, are brought in and the parent and the child are telling me, oh, you know, there's eczema, we've got tummy issues, there's this, they're this, they're acting this way, they're fussy eaters. I'm, I take the case and I'm like, yep, got all the info, got all the pieces to the puzzle. And then I turn to the parent, I'm like, so what's going on at home? You know, like, is there tension between, I just put it out there, is there tension between the parents? Are there some big transitions? Is there, you know, and often it's, one of the parents is either maybe working away or, um, you know, taking more responsibility on at work, more hours, they're more stressed, that sort of thing. And a lot of the time, not every time, but that's having an impact on the child. So we are taught at uni in naturopathy to treat the child, you must treat the mother. And by mother, I mean parent as well. It just doesn't have to be the mother. But that's how I treat in my clinic, basically. Just um, And I try to teach that to my clients and model that myself in my own life as a parent. Yeah, it's so important, isn't it? It's just we have to yeah. take care of ourselves because not only are we modeling our actions and how we take care of ourselves or don't take care of ourselves, but we also just that energy that we bring in the moment affects them, like in your example with the sleep. So it's long-term, but it is also immediate with the effects that us taking care of ourselves or not has. And I'm with you. Self-care is, um, yeah, it's great that that word is used, but at the same time, it isn't necessarily getting at really taking true care, is it, anymore? It's more about those more superficial things and doing them for a moment and then maybe going back to that busy life of not prioritizing yourself 90% of the time. Uh, 100%. And I think it needs to just be subtly woven into our daily lives, you know, like, gosh, I <laughs> think about like before I had kids and I'd be like, oh, I just had a two hour facial and then had like a nap and then I went out to brekkie and then I did this. And, you know, we just don't often have that as mothers. So just being able to yeah, take little slices through our day, like having our breakfast while we sit in the sun or while we're chopping up veggies for dinner, having like a really fun podcast on or your favourite music or that kind of thing. Like it's, um, or going for a quick walk outside, even if it's just for 20 minutes, like that is so nourishing on so many levels. Yeah. And yeah, I agree with you with what you were talking about before about play. And I noticed then I was feeling really burnt out and struggling in those early years of motherhood that play 
and humor and silliness was just gone. I had none. I was just very serious and just in survival. And now I use it as a bit of a barometer of how I'm going. And am I able to be playful more easily? And that shows that I am nourishing myself. And then I also do use the play to intentionally help support myself. So it's both that barometer and one of my essential supports to take care of myself. And I think we have to like sit with ourselves sometimes and reflect and think, you know, what is play for us? Um, And I think, you know, with the whole identity thing as parents, we can lose that so easily. And on the front page of my intro form, there is a question that says, "What what are your hobbies and interests? And how often do you get to do these? And the sole purpose of me putting that there is because 80% of the time it is blank. And women are like, ah, well, I used to play tennis in high school or I used to, they, I just, they just don't know. Um, So being able to take time to go, you know what, like, what would I do if I had a whole 24 hours to myself? Like no chores, no this, no that, no school pickup. How would I fill my day? And like, which is such a fun for me, such a fun thing to think about. But yeah, I think we really do need to reconnect with um, that part of ourselves that brings that joy and life as well. Because we want our kids, I mean, we take them to so many after school activities like basketball and this and that. But when do we do that for ourselves? Yeah. Yeah. It's about time that we start normalizing adult dance classes and you know I I just recently started doing ballet and it's so amazing to start doing that again yeah that inner child joy you know where you just lose track of time and inhibitions and it just fills you up with life there's no supplement that will do that you know so if we turn our attention now to looking at kids it seems so common nowadays and the stats are a bit startling with kids really struggling with chronic health issues, mood issues, stress. Why do you think this is? And I know there's lots of different reasons, but what are some of the really foundational reasons for this, do you think? Yeah, I mean, look, yeah, I do think there's a lot more awareness, but there's this really brilliant quote by Dr. Jen Hardy, who's a psychologist who says, uh, by overscheduling our children, are we enriching their lives or teaching them to be busy? And I think we live in such, we can live in such a fast-paced world where we just feel every hour of the day and want to be productive and achieving and, you know, maybe comparing to the next family that I do think we over, we can overstimulate our children. And there's lots of sensitive souls out there and kids you know, often need downtime and connection and presence. And, you know, I guess as parents, we're teaching children how to have boundaries. So if we don't have boundaries ourselves, then how do they learn when is enough? And definitely in my clinic over the last, say, five years, I see a lot of adrenal exhaustion in children, like not just teenagers, who are doing HSC or on the basketball team, that sort of thing and socialising, busy, busy, young adults, but just children, like literally in kindergarten, I, when my daughter was in kindergarten, I would just see so many um, 
kids in the clinic who were just so burnt out. Like, you know, kids aren't puppies. Like we can't just like, I mean, yeah, we have to get all their energy out, but there has to be a point where there's quiet time and downtime and time away from screens and back in nature and just that special one-on-one time is so important. And, you know, so with that adrenal burnout, it does look similar to adults where kids are coming into the clinic and you can just pick them a mile away, really. Like they've got the dark under eyes. They, they can be a little bit pale sometimes and they just kind of flop in the chair. Like they're kind of just sitting there with their shoulders hunched and they're just buggered, basically. And often they present with, they can't get over a runny nose or like a persistent cough. They've had it for like months or really erratic behavior as well. Sometimes that comes across as anxiety and sometimes that's just, they can get a really low mood or really snappy. And it's really fascinating to see actually. And often, you know, they're doing five different sports a week or they're doing dance, but they're doing ballet and then jazz and then tap and then hip hop and whatever else there is out there or they're doing footy and basketball and cricket, etc. So I think it's just so important for us to schedule in that downtime for their sake and ours, really. I mean, it's such a time as well for rapid growth. I'm just thinking like, well, all of childhood, but I'm just thinking about five-year-olds at this stage. Like, So therefore we need such quality petrol in the tank to balance that out. So they need to be sleeping really well, eating really well. And how many five-year-olds eat brilliantly? I mean, mine didn't. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's got to be balanced out, but we need some healthy boundaries too, I think. Yeah. And how do we start bringing in those healthy boundaries? Like, what do you suggest that parents do? Is it scheduling yeah. in that nature time and that white space time? Or are there other things you'd suggest? Yeah, I think really at the end of each term before the next one begins so in the holidays really sitting down and having a little family conversation about okay what does the next 10 weeks look like for us so um, maybe one parent is working longer hours the other one has deadlines or look like asking the children what if you could choose two sports example what would you like to do And of course, kids are like, I want to do archery and I want to do this. And there's so many things to choose from, which is so tempting and so fun. But I think that's the first place to have boundaries. Like, okay, choose one, choose two. And then, I mean, I I know the Active Kids voucher is a brilliant gift that the government has given us each term. I don't know if you've come across that yet, but you get $100 off for um, extracurricular activities. But I think that's also stimulating people to enroll their children in more things as well but yeah just prioritizing what everyone wants to do looking at the next 10 weeks you know how did things how did we feel at the end of last term as well you know like were we buggered and once again Brene Brown talks about like children focused families parent focused families and then I know what the last one is family focused families where it's just a compromise as well like if you want to do this extra sport, then that means I have to finish work at this time. But it's just about finding that balance instead of maybe letting the kids rule the roost or the parents rule the roost, if that makes any sense. So, yeah, 
Yeah, I really like that having those family meetings and having it be more mm-hmm. collaborative where you guys come together and you can do this with young kids, right? And they can become more involved as they get older in that decision making and understanding more of like the intricacies of it. But I think that's a really, really lovely bonding thing to do. And then it does help you plan out and be more intentional with those next 10 weeks or however long it is that you choose for what you're planning for. So I love that. I think that's really, really useful and something we can all do. Yeah. And I think even like when it comes to weekends, I mean, once they start school or preschool, even man, we get some party invitations. Like you could see our fridge and it's just like clapping in the breeze with all the invites. And sometimes there's two or three on one weekend. And once again, you know, healthy boundaries is having a conversation with your kid and going, which one would you like to go to? And yeah, just, just so you're not running around like a headless chook on the weekends because that's also, you know, a great opportunity to connect with your family and have downtime as well. Yeah, I love that. So what are some foundational things that we can do as parents to support our kids overall just to be well-adjusted and happy and not have this adrenal fatigue as kindergartens? And be resilient. What are you mentioned a few really incredible things there, but is there anything else that you would add that parents can focus on prioritizing for their kids or for the family in general? Modeling that behavior on yourself as well. So if you want your children to have great lifestyle habits and eating habits, it's important to do the work yourself as well. Um, so it's not contradictory. So yeah, just, um, you know, family dinner times, I'll often say to like a, a mum, you know, have you considered swapping over to brown rice instead of white rice? You know, just those easy swaps. And they'll go, oh, I would, but my husband complains about it all the time. Like it's too nutty. It's too dry. It's too this. And it's like, okay, we need to like use um, maybe some different positive languages about trying new things. If you've got someone who, a kid who's a bit of a fussy eater. And I, you know, if we need to exercise ourselves and it's a good idea to get out there as a family, maybe do some scooting, bike riding, surfing, that sort of thing. And, and yeah, I think those are the main things, just doing it yourself, doing the work instead of just like I was trying to do, oh, here, fix my kid. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of parents, you know, they line up their kids' supplements to take for the day, but they'll forget about theirs or instead of prioritizing eating regularly to keep blood sugar and mood and energy stable, you know, a lot of mums, and I've been there myself, will just eat the crust out of their kids' lunchboxes in the afternoon. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just got to be a, a team effort. And, yeah, and once again, you know, having that family conversation around the dinner table saying, hey, you know what, we're going to, we're going to eat a little bit better as a family to fuel our bodies and our minds. So we've got lots of energy and we have lots of fun together. So yeah, we're going to start introducing a few new foods into our routine just so one kid or one person isn't like cornered out like, okay, this is their bread. This is their milk. This is the way this kid eats. Yeah. So incorporating it into the whole family and making those changes yourself. And it is incredible like with parenting, whether it's what we're feeding our kids or how we want them to 
learn how to regulate their emotions or Mm -hmm. sleep, anything. There's so much information out there about how to help our kids do something. And then there's so much effort you have to put in to help make them make that behavior change. But if we can come back to those two things you said there, like doing it as a family and being collaborative and us doing it ourselves, then it's just so much easier because it just becomes part of what you do and what your family does. And then what you do and what your family does is how our kids understand the world. So it just becomes their normal. And it's, um, I find it's a good long-term way of supporting yourself and your kids' health, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And everyone benefits from it. So why not? Yeah. Yeah. So you were talking about flower essences and you use herbs as well in your work to support mothers and to support children. Can you tell us about a few, um, well, just tell us a little bit about flower essences to begin with and maybe mention a few that we can use to support our kids when they're feeling stressed or overwhelmed, or maybe even when they're just going through a big transition or feeling hyperactive, whichever ones come to mind for you. Yeah, for sure. So I use Australian bush flower essences, which were founded by Ian White, and there's 69 different ones. And this is what was prescribed to me when I was five and throughout my life. And um, it's a, I always find it hard to actually describe them because it's more of a feeling for me than than a biochemical thing, but it's a vibrational medicine. So you're actually working on the emotional blocks within yourself to clear those because in natural medicine, it's not called natural medicine because the things we prescribe are natural. It's actually because the body has this innate, beautiful ability to heal itself. So it's such a comforting thought actually that every second of every day our bodies are working towards this beautiful homeostasis because it's so intelligent and it's a friendly place to live so in natural medicine when there is an emotional blockage from a trauma a memory whatnot a if that is not resolved then a physical ailment will come about from that so if someone's you know if a child in front of me has continual tonsillitis or a sore throat I'm thinking about their throat chakra going what do you need to say what's you know what truth is not being expressed here so I will choose flower essences based on the chakras as well so um, that one would be bush fuchsia or and bush fuchsia is actually a really beautiful one for integrating left and right hemisphere communication in the brain so it's one that I prescribe for stuttering, ADHD, dyslexia, autism. Uh, and, you know, you could throw in some jacaranda in there for when kids can't sit still in class and they're just, you know, crawling everywhere and can't concentrate as well. Probably my most commonly prescribed flower essence would be dog rose. So I say that because I was a dog rose child and so was my daughter. So that's when um, the child is apprehensive around others, often, you know, little introverts and they've kind of got their head down and, you know, chin to the chest. And like the changes I have seen after a child or an adult takes dog rose in particular, it's just incredible. Like 
they come in the next time or their parents tell me about them and you know they're just sitting up straight and they just have good posture and they just have this kind of they're not protecting their heart or their chest anymore they're actually like just projecting this sort of confidence and love so dog rose is one that I prescribe all the time for anxiety and because it's such a beautiful confidence booster and when I think about dog rose actually it makes me think of five corners which is this the ultimate Australian bush flower for mummies so it's all about self-love and when I see a mum come in and sit down you know I'm not just listening to the things they say about what they eat and what their bedtime is and their energy or their iron levels I'm looking at the person in front of me and going oh they're not wearing color today or oh their hair this sounds judgmental but okay their hair's just a little bit you know I call it a struggle bun because I often wear my hair that way too um they just look a bit washed out and you know they're a bit floppy on the chair and I think we need to bring some vitality back there and when you think of five corners, you think of, gosh, is it Michelangelo? Might not be true. Um, how the anatomical man, how there's the five points. So the five corners flower just lets that vitality th flow through the whole body again. And then, you know, mum has come back and they're just like, oh, you know, you can tell they've just made a little bit of an effort there and they're feeling better within themselves and, it's just that beautiful pink flower. So it's all about like heart chakra and um, they're just loving themselves again, which is so beautiful. Yeah. I could go on for all 69 flowers, so please stop. <laughs> oh, I love it. I just, stop I, me there. <laughs> I think in a um, past life, I was a traditional medicine woman. So I'm just eating it up. I could listen to you talk about all 69 of them and I would want to take them all right now. <laughs> <laughs> the midnight. Um, but and I think, you know, children respond so beautifully to the flower essences because we're just doing seven drops in water twice a day. Like it's very gentle. And I mean, I also treat a lot of pets as well, but, you know, pets and children, um, they don't have, you know, like 40 years worth of issues and traumas and this and that. Like they can, they just respond so beautifully to such subtle medicines natural medicines so we don't need to sledgehammer them it's just often just awesome little shifts you can make even just things with treating the gut treating eczema treating anxiety and it's like oh you know they just bounce back which is so cool yeah it is really cool it's amazing how adaptive kids are and how yeah they just respond to things really really quickly unlike us so is there anything that you wanted to say here that I didn't ask you about? I think when I was thinking about this, I, I feel like with motherhood and something that I always try and to instill in my clients is just the importance of connection and like when, and support, which are big values of mine. So when someone comes in, first thing I'm asking is like, what's your support network look like? Like, do you have family around? Do you have friends around? Are you in a mother's group? Um, are you part of other kind of social or sporting groups? What's your relationship with your partner like? Is that supportive? If not, perhaps, you know, maybe some counselling is really good for that. 
if they don't have family around, what is their practitioner network like? You know, are you seeing a great psychologist? Do you have a good GP? Do you have a good osteo? That sort of thing. Um, just so women feel supported and that they can be around people that they connect to. And I think that connection comes from having that vulnerability, you know, like that that friend that you don't have to at the end of every sentence go, oh, but it's the best job in the world. Do you know what I mean? Like my, you can just go, oh, mate, my kid today has <laughs> been a jerk. And you don't have to, and they can be like, oh, my, you should hear what mine did last week. You know, like just that, just to like lift the load and to just feel um, that motherhood can be so enjoyable. And even if you just had like the roughest night or the roughest five years of sleep, that you can just call someone up and just be like, hey, let's go for a walk at the beach with our kids or let's go to a playground and have a, let's fold our washing together at your house with our kids. And all of that just melts away and it just brings so much joy back, that sense of community. And, yeah, I just, I love that. So, and I love where we live because there are so many groups and communities. And even if you go to a mother's group and you just connect with like one other mama or two other mamas, they can often be like just pillars in that motherhood journey. So that's, yeah, I think that's what it's all about really. You know, it takes a tribe, doesn't it? Yeah, that's what it's all about. And it's motherhood and life in general. It's a connection that we have to others that is, one of the most important parts right yeah yeah it makes it so beautiful yeah I love that what a beautiful note to end on but before I let you go can you let us know where we can find you and how people can work with you um so I do in-person consultations and zoom consultations in my clinic in Mooney Beach so they can just jump onto my Facebook page which is Emma the naturopath and Look, I feel like I'm a bit old for TikTok and Twitter and whatever else is going on. So, so just yeah, that send me an email. Actually, you can you can maybe add that in there, which is carrots and apples at hotmail.com with a little underscore on either side of the end, and that's it. <laughs> I'll add that to the show notes so people can yeah. just check it out to make sure they get it right. Well, thank you so so much for coming on here, Emma. I think everything you said here, I just was nodding along and agreeing with. And yes, thank you for coming on and talking about this and all the incredible work that you do with all the mothers, the families, the kids and the pets. I didn't know that you worked with pets too. Dr. So Doolittle. <laughs> You're doing it all. That's, that's incredible. So yeah, thank you for, for, for doing all the incredible work you do. Thank you. Thank you for having me and the work you do as well. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild and Well podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode and please share with like-minded mothers. A review wherever you listen to your podcast is greatly appreciated as it helps to get the show to even more mothers and families. Together we can nurture thriving kids, vibrant moms, and a brighter future for the next generation. Disclaimer, the information in this podcast is intended as educational in nature and is for informational purposes only. It is not 
personal health advice or indicative of a therapeutic relationship, and it should not be used to prevent, diagnose, or treat health problems. If any of the information in this podcast resonates with you, consult a qualified healthcare practitioner to discuss what works best for you in your unique situation.